Hello, I'm Joey Morgan. And I'm Kylie ross Seibert. And welcome to Retail Is Podcast. The official Retail Alliance podcast where we talk about all things retail in Hampton Roads. Thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of the Retail Is Podcast. Today we have Barbara Ewell here with uh, Retriever Merchant Solutions. We're going to talk about a topic that I personally know very little about, so I'm excited to get into this one, uh, credit card processing. So uh, to begin with, uh, Barbara, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, and thank you for having me. I appreciate being here this morning. Um, So I have been with Retriever for about seven years, coming into my eighth year, and um, I got to Retriever accidentally not really accidentally, but through a good friend, um, I owned a business at the time that required credit card processing. And I didn't really know uh, who to call or talk to. So I called a good friend of mine who owned a business who had um, uh, used credit card processing in a couple of other situations he was in. And he highly recommended the company uh, that I'm with now. So I used this company in my business, and uh, when the area rep, who was my rep, decided to retire, I took over this area. Uh, So I know it very well from the side of being a business owner, and as well as now the technical side of it and all of the ins and outs of it. That's great. It's, it's good to know that uh, you know when you're when you're trying to talk to retailers that you, you know you've been on the other side of the fence. Absolutely. Um, because Absolutely. there is a bit of a reputation out there for credit card processing companies, um, and many of our members have had bad experiences. Some Absolutely. good, but a lot of bad. Tell us a little bit about that and about sort of like the transparency and honesty right. and reputation. Right. So yes, you're right. This, this is an industry that does have <clears throat> a very bad reputation, which distresses me. <clears throat> it's a, a very important service or convenience that retailers at this point in time, because of the way things are, are almost required to take credit cards. Um, but it's an easy business to... Um, pull the wool over somebody's eyes or not be totally honest with a business owner and about, you know, rates and padding things. And Mm. so for that reason, a lot of businesses have been burned. I was very lucky. Um, I had, when I started working in this area as a rep for Retriever, I had no idea that the industry had a bad reputation. So it was quite a surprise. (laughs) To me, the the first time that, you know, I realized that um, and I was very fortunate, very fortunate. So, you know, I decided that in my own little world, I would aspire to be as uh, knowledgeable as I could be, as transparent as I could be, and to teach business owners what it is they need to know to keep themselves out of trouble with uh, what can happen to them in credit card processing. And that's a good segue into the question, what are those things that uh, 
with new businesses and existing businesses? What do they need to consider? Right. It's all pretty much the same, whether you're new or whether you're uh, an established business and you've been in it for a while. Um, you need to, first and foremost, have a credit card processing company, or it's actually merchant services. The, That's the official. Right, right. Yeah. We mm -hmm. provide a merchant services account, and then that account, that account is boarded with a processing company, which is either WorldPay Global, TSIS, um, and it is important to have a relationship with a, a, an agent <clears throat> and a company that you can talk to. It's all right. The, um, you know, if you have to get on a 1-800 number and sit on hold for an hour and a half, that's time out of your business, mm -hmm. that's frustration, that's anxiety. Um, you should be able to pick up the phone and call your agent or your account rep and talk to them and, and get some direction if you have a problem. So that's the first thing you that, that I always stress. The customer service is huge. Um, Do you think... That needs to be local? Well, it doesn't necessarily be local. They have to be local. I have uh, clients in other states, and when they call me, I answer the phone mm -hmm. and get them the help that they need. So you just have to be a good liaison. Um, so that is very important from a business owner perspective. Um, I never had that problem because when I needed something, I would call my rep and he would tell me who I needed to call or he would call them for me and have them call me back so that I didn't have to take time out of my busy work day um, sitting on the phone being on hold. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you had a trusted resource to find the right company for you. Absolutely. So it I, sounds like that's one you know, solution Right. To finding right. Someone who's, you know. Always call somebody you know and trust uh, or a fellow Retail Alliance member, somebody you know who you can trust, who uses that service, call for and get a referral from them um, and ask them about the customer service they've needed and, and what the response was and how how quickly the issues were resolved. Mm -hmm. So looking at it um, beyond the customer service and interaction, obviously there is a financial side to it as well. So from a business perspective, what do you need to consider? <clears throat> well, I think uh, the, the first thing is the, there are two pricing platforms. Um, there is the Interchange Plus, which means that you get charged a small percentage over the interchange rate that's attached to the type of credit card that's being used and a transaction fee. This is the, in, to my mind and in my experience, this is the best way to uh, set up a merchant on a pricing platform that is in their best interest. It will end up costing them less 
on an Interchange Plus platform than on the so-called tiered platform. Okay, what do you mean by interchange, real quick? Uh, so the interchange rate is the rate that it is that is assigned to the credit card by the payment card industry, mm -hmm. and it is based on the card type, the card industry, or the merchant industry, excuse me. So it's the card type, whether or not it has a lot of rewards mm -hmm. or not. Okay. The business type, whether it's a um, retail or restaurant or um, a boutique or whatever, and then the type of transaction, if it's face-to-face -face or keyed in. Those three factors affect the um, interchange rate. Okay, okay. So, and a lot of that it seems to be is set by the That is set by the payment card industry. Yeah. The, you know, we have nothing to do with that. So that'll be standard across no That's, matter who you're going is, to for this that service? That is standard, okay. and those rates are plugged in, and every time a card is run, um, in the authorization process that is picked up and indicated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you were saying on top of that is... So, yes. So, so in a tiered pricing platform, the um, there is a different rate for each tier of card. So instead of having one rate over interchange, then on a tiered program, you have a processing rate a processing rate for a tier one card which is also known as a qualified card a tier two card which is mid qualified or a tier three card which is non qualified okay you're going to have to explain that absolutely <laughs> so here we go we're into the we've taken a know, deep dive a we bit, we have taken a deep dive into the weeds so the very basically, mm -hmm. and and the short version is that a tier one card is a standard garden variety card. It doesn't it doesn't have cash back or lots of rewards and that sort of thing. It is a um, standard card. Tier two is a card that has some rewards. It's a student card. It's a um, middle of the road okay. middle of the road okay. a tier three card is the card where if you use it you get fifty thousand miles and a, a no limit or something yeah, yeah yeah you know it's it's uh and it is um uh you know so that bumps the interchange rate the tier three the non-qualified cards have the highest interchange rate. So it sounds like from a, a business perspective, you're taking on a cost of a consumer on what's exactly. happening. It seems a little unfair to me. It's, so, it's interesting, yeah. yeah. So years ago, when all of these um, uh, inter, um, points and miles and that sort of thing came into effect or started happening it was it was because visa mastercard the because the brands wanted to capture the market as much of the market as they could so they started offering rewards um and and years and years ago they 
paid for those rewards. But then they saw how expensive it was getting. And so now, sadly, that's all passed on to the merchant. That's fascinating. I had no idea. And so we are uh, in this circumstance now where the merchant is paying for someone to benefit from their type of card they have. The type of card they have, exactly. Um, And this is um, part of the reason why the so-called cash discounting or surcharge programs are now coming into play where the merchant either charges the customer a percentage to use the card in their business location or they split it with the customer. And how is that priced then? Like when you see a price on a tag, is it something that's added on at the register or is it built into the price? No, the the it's the cash that this is all, almost another podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we can always yes. do that. <laughs> so the the briefly, very briefly, mm-hmm. the cash discounting or surcharging program is now legal in forty six states, and it is a, a program that is lawfully regulated, and there are certain. Um, stipulations to the program in order for it to be regulated legally, legally regulated. Um, And the states, the other states are also now working to to make this uh, uh, across the board legal in all 50 states and 51 states. Um, So the best explanation Um, that I can give you is that when you go to a location that does the cash discounting Mm -hmm. or the surcharging program, there has to be sufficient signage at at the checkout point or the register point on the walls, on the doors. Um, and if a person is, if a business elects to be part of this program, they are given the signage to put up because it's, okay. it has to be very specific verbiage. The other thing is that the receipt that is given to the client or the customer has to have a separate line item that indicates service charge. Mm. And it is typically a percentage anywhere from um, 2.75 to, yeah, approximately 3.9, I think, is as high as it can go. Of what? Of the purchase price for the the item. That's quite a lot. It is, but that's what the merchants are paying now. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So what happens is the receipt indicates what the uh, what the charge is, the additional charge is for that item. The algorithm in the terminal does not consider sales tax 
or tips or anything like that when it's figuring the percentage. Right. It's just on the item purchased. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, if, if, the, if the customer doesn't want to pay that, then they simply write a check or they pay cash. But if they're going to use their card, then they have to pay that amount if the merchant is signed up in a bona fide um, cash discount slash surcharge because it's called different things. Yeah. Or like uh, Kylie and I were brand. talking about earlier, I would just go somewhere else. <laughs> it's like well, the old like uh, with uh, the shipping fees. I'd rather pay $5 more than pay $5 in shipping and get free shipping. It's just like a mental thing. Yeah. If they charge me that extra 2% well, on the item, I'd be like, okay, I'll pay that. That's fine. Just just, I hate hidden fees. Yes. I hate extra yeah. fees after times, I buy it. A lot of times, though, so if you are, if you are, a lot of times businesses will have an ATM in their, in, in their business. And if you don't then pay cash, but you use the ATM, you have to pay a $3 fee. Yeah, then you get the fee. So it's pay me now, pay me later kind of thing. <laughs> and it is, I personally think that this is where the industry is going. That eventually we will have to share the expense with the merchant because this is a, obviously a burden on a small merchant. If, if a small merchant is doing $10,000 a month and they have to pay three to three and a half percent a month right off the top mm -hmm. because of, you know, that's, that's a burden. And a lot of smaller merchants present it like that. They can either pay the whole amount, charge the whole amount to the client or the customer, or they can split it with them. Like the owner will mm -hmm. pay you know, 1.75, and then they'll charge 1.75% to the customer. It it depends. On well, this, well, this is super, super interesting. And I know we were supposed to be talking about credit card processing. My last thing, though, is this the same for online? Is, do, is there the same kind of fees for online? Yes. The okay, okay. They're worse. So, they're worse, okay. <laughs> so let's get back to the credit card processing because, well, then. That, right. Well, the cash discounting is credit card processing. It's okay. just a type of yeah. processing. Okay. So from a, a retail point of view, what else... Do you need to consider? Because I know that when they've got different credit card processing people, reps coming in, and they always yeah. say, "Well, let me have a look, and, and we'll see how much percentage we right. can get off." So, know. so there's a so if we go back to the pricing platforms, mm -hmm. if somebody comes into your business and says, "Well, my rate's only one point five percent or one point six nine percent," the the business owner or the merchant should ask, "Okay, so that's the rate." For the qualified cards, what will my rate be for my mid-qualified and my non-qualified cards? Mm. Because that's a dead giveaway that they're going to put you on a tiered pricing platform. Okay, which they won't necessarily come out and say. Exactly. Okay, all right. Many times they simply don't explain. So what happens mm. is the merchant thinks, oh, well, I'm only going to be paying 1.5%. That's not what you're going to be paying because you've got tier two and tier three to deal with. And then all of these other moving parts that go along with credit card processing, NABUs, Watts, uh, uh, inquiry fees, network fees, Some of those weren't real words, were they? <laughs> yes. Well, they're, they're an acronym. Oh, okay. so, yeah. yeah. Um, integrity fees, mm -hmm. PCI compliance, monthly statement fees. So... They've got, there's all of these variables. So 
It's, it sounds daunting. Kylie, you're looking at me like, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know. It's scary. It's scary. But um, you, what I urge a merchant to look at, and, and getting back to when somebody comes in and says, let me just see your statement and we can figure out, you know, what you're doing. What they're looking for in the statement is the current processing rate and whether or not you're on a tiered or a... Uh, Interchange Plus platform. And they're also looking for ways to save money in all of those variables because some of those are standard in the industry and some of them are just padding, fluff, and stuff. So, for who? They're padding and fluff and stuff is for the credit card. The credit card company. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, what I counsel my merchants to do and what I teach is you can't worry so much about the rate, although you should, but what you really need to worry about is the monthly net rate percentage. That's the total that goes out the door at the end of the month. And you want that percentage to be as low as you possibly can get it. And is that easy to work out if you'd had no help? looking at your statement. Certainly it is. You can figure out your monthly net rate by taking on your credit card statement the volume that you processed. Okay. So you find the volume that you processed and the total cost of what it well, of what is ACH'd from your bank account. And you divide what's ACH'd out of your bank account by the volume and then move the decimal over two spots, mm -hmm. and that's your monthly net rate percentage. That's okay. Yeah. Is there a certain number you should be looking for at, at, under a certain amount? Well, people should not be paying um, three and three and a half percent. Okay. I personally have seen statements where people, merchants were paaying seven and a half percent. Not too long ago, I saw an 11 and a half percent. Oh, wow. Um, I know you were like the angel. Uh, well, I well after you know they got the Epsom salts out and and brought me to and the business owner we kind of stumbled around and figured out what we needed to do to to fix this issue, but um, people don't pay as much attention to it as they should because they don't understand it and it's it, it's confounding and it's frustrating. And is there an expense to change companies? Sometimes oh, yeah. is there, there contracts is. that they lock you into and mm. that kind Sometimes of Sometimes there yeah. is. Yeah. If they have an early termination fee, mm. I've seen those. They're usually about three ninety five, but I have seen a seven ninety five termination fee. And the period uh, of the contract is usually about three years. That's fairly standard then, is it? Yes, pretty standard. Um, is it worth your while to have it that length of time? or Not you... not if you're paying 3%. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, it's worthwhile investigating. Make sure you get, yes. get it yeah, right the first get time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and ask if that early termination fee can be waived or is that their policy or whatever. There are companies out there who will waive that fee and or who don't have it. <laughs> um, but you, you, 
Um, also, you know, there's uh, the issue of the hardware. Um, if somebody has equipment, either, you know, if, they're, if they have a POS and they have the POS screen and, mm -hmm. and card reader and that sort of thing, if they've leased that, mm -hmm. um, then they have to be able, that equipment has to be able to be uh, integrated by the new card company. Mm -hmm. And if it's locked equipment or whatever, you know, then that's just out the window or they stick with it until their lease is over. And um, then just, have to, and then they have to cost. buy, the, mm -hmm. yeah, and then they have to buy the lease out. So, leasing, I caution people about leasing. If there's mm -hmm. any other way you can do it, do it. Um, either a whole nother topic too. Yeah, like. that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> leasing, oh, yeah. leasing is convenient, but it can end up being very yeah. expensive. I, Try to avoid it as much as possible. That's why I'm still driving my junky car. I'm, I don't want to lease a car. I'm just I'm gonna save up and then be trying to buy it outright because leasing go. is just that's bad. Yep. That's Maybe the that's way you do it. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you would like to share? Uh, any pitfalls or advice for you know any of our retail listeners? Well, I think I've pretty well managed to completely confuse everybody <laughs> we, we got a little bit of uh, math in there we had yeah, all sorts of acronyms of yeah a little bit of everything um, on this one <laughs> you know i am a score mentor so um if anybody has any questions or concerns and and also not only as far as score is concerned but as far as i am concerned in my business with my company i'm willing to help anybody figure anything out and do whatever they need to do. So if you have questions, please don't hesitate to call me. Um, and I will just, for that too. Yeah, you just... quite a few of our members. Yes, you just have to be so careful. You have to ask questions. Mm -hmm. You have to try to understand um, the basics, the fundamentals of, of what you need to know to protect yourself. And that's the pricing platform, whether or not you're buying equipment that's locked or proprietary. Um, if you can purchase equipment outright, some companies out there won't let you purchase it outright. They want you in a lease because they make, you know, because there's revenue mm -hmm. in leases. Um, the only good thing about a lease, and then I won't say anything else, is that <laughs> during that lease period, if something happens to the hardware, it gets replaced for you mm. at no cost. Mm -hmm. All equipment has a, a year, at least a year, sometimes 18 months warranty on it. And if something's going to go wrong, it'll usually go wrong in that period of time. Um, but the other thing I would say is if you're if you anybody out there has equipment that they've been using for six or eight years, you're probably coming up on end of life, which means your equipment doesn't take security updates and mm. you need to look into getting some, because in this day and age, you absolutely want to be secure. Oh, yeah, that's another whole nother podcast topic right there. PCI, PCI <laughs> compliance. <laughs> PCI compliance. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So. Well, we appreciate all your advice and knowledge. Uh, it's, it's a very detailed subject, but yes. something that I think you know is very beneficial to our, to our retail. Definitely, business. absolutely, so my pleasure, much, Barbara. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me.